You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Hello, and thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live from the Italian Supreme Court. I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your good buddy, Liv. And if you're keeping score at home, this is episode 63, the Foxy Noxie edition. Foxy Noxie. Are you a fan of uh, Amanda Fox? Uh, Amanda Knox, isn't it? Amanda Knox, I'm sorry. Not really. I mean, I've only... I only know anything about that stuff in passing, man. Yeah. I did see a headline the other day where apparently they overturned her conviction or whatever, huh? They did. They did. Um, she's got a couple things going for her that I like. Um, one, um, she got mixed up in an unsolved murder. So not that I like um, my women to skew towards the side of sociopathic, but yes. um, there's something's got to be a little wrong with her. And I don't mind uh, a little bit of an internal conflict or internal flaw uh, in yeah, in potential, uh, I don't want to say potential mates, but uh, what's it called when you have like a, like an attraction or a, a um, proclivity to, to a certain type? Yeah. Yeah. Um. There's got to be a term for that. but Yeah, I'm sure uh, there is. And uh, the other thing is that she's got uh, what's generally, what I would generally consider a, a, a girl next door-ish kind of look. Like not plain yeah. Jane, but like jeans. I don't know much about Amanda Knox other than I know she was some like American exchange student or something who they accused of murdering somebody or whatever. Yeah, so she went to Italy. I believe she was a student. I believe she was over there on an exchange program. And she lived in, in an apartment with um, I think a French national or, or a, another foreign national who was also a student. And she ended up uh, getting this boyfriend, uh, this Italian boyfriend. And the three of them were kind of like palling around together. But like, were they really friends? Were they not friends? Who knows? Fast forward, the chick ends up in um, being brutally murdered. Like, yeah. like violently murdered. And the original sensationalist account was it was some type of... Uh, some type of threesome that went wrong, some kind of a, like sexual triangle kind of deal, and um, she ended up getting convicted and spent time in jail. Her and her boyfriend, I think, life in prison, I think, was what uh, ended up happening. But it was a total like OJ scene, like the police botched everything from yeah. Jump Street. Like, there's um, what would it probably be like local police, state police, federal police. Just like we have here. It was a case for like at least state police. But like the local magistrate came in and started like cleaning up evidence. You know, wiping up blood and um, taking evidence without 
um, properly um, securing the chain of custody, things like that. Yeah, yeah. and it just became a totally sh- a total shit show. She was found not guilty on appeal, but I guess the way the Italian court system works is that's not the end of the of the trial. Um, she ended up coming back to the states, but the case went to the Supreme Court for um, for a second appeal. The, the, the state or the government was able to bring an appeal. So um, what they ended up doing was um, finding... Well, they, they essentially put the case on trial again, and she could have been found guilty. They could have reinstated her, her sentence, and she could have had like life in prison, which is fine for her because she's here. And if the U.S. doesn't extradite her, she's cool. But her poor sap of a boyfriend is an Italian citizen. He's got no, <laughs> he's got no choice. Yeah, he's got to live in his home country and stand up to you know to whatever the verdict is. Luckily, um, for Amanda Knox and, and her boyfriend, uh, she was found not guilty, and the case was kind of officially uh, dismissed. Not only did they find her not guilty, they essentially found her innocent. Okay. So they can't bring charges against her, which I guess is, you know, uh, a significant departure from our legal system. But uh, in the sense that there's not guilty or innocent, there's just guilty or not guilty. I guess in Italy, there's guilty, not guilty, and innocent. Who knows? So uh, she's in the clear, but all this time she has, um, you know, kind of just gotten this cult following because she's like a she's a little bit of a weirdo i guess her thing was that she was like a bookworm not particularly attractive she was something out of a you know a 1980s uh uh, patrick dempsey movie okay you know like like you know she she wasn't very cool in in high school but then she went over to italy and like found her scene and you know, wasn't particularly attractive, but like she was, she was bookishly cute. So she took off her glasses and let down her hair. Yeah, kind of deal, you know. So there became like this following. And so and you're really the... into the Amanda Knox story. <laughs> <laughs> is that safe to say? That is. <laughs> I mean, you know, like her old background. Yeah, that is safe to say. I don't know why. I don't know why, but. Um... Uh, something about her, you know, it kind of made a connection. Like I said, like I said, she has two traits that um, that I don't particularly find as a negative. Um, a little bit of a loopiness and, um, you know, kind of a girl next door charm. So um, good to see that she is uh, she is free and clear to to continue whatever life she has after uh, after an Italian murder trial, which I think she settled back in like the Washington area or whatnot. Um, she's getting married, doing whatever she's doing. So, uh, yeah. congratulations, uh, Amanda Knox. Congratulations. Well, she really did it. Right. <laughs> well, congratulate. Well, it could go two ways. You know, congratulations, um, for getting your life back, or congratulations for getting away with it. There's yeah. a saying in in Jersey: it's only legal. Uh, it's only illegal if you get caught. Yeah. So, um, it, that reminds me of the story. We have a buddy, um, who, do you remember a, 
bunch of years ago, there was a, um, a couple went on a cruise for their honeymoon, and the husband went missing. Yes. Do you know that? Do you know what I'm talking about in terms of... Um, uh, I mean, that I remember chick? that happening. I don't know if it happens all the time, though, but I do remember something yeah. like that happening. Yeah, it... It, it good enough. It might have might have happened more than one time uh, in our life, but that's most likely the story. I think there yeah. was like uh, George and, and something Smith were uh, on a cruise. The husband went missing, presumed to have fallen overboard, and his family accused the wife of foul play. They said there was you know there there was a. Uh, there was blood in their in their cabin, and people had seen them get into a fight. She kicked them in the groin. Yeah, like they were drunk and wasted, and then all of a sudden he's missing, and she's like, "Oh well, um, I think he fell overboard." A couple months later, she ended up at a party, like a St. Patty's Day party or a Fourth of July party, with uh, with one of our friends. Yeah. He um apparently she came into his bar, more more accurately. Wait, she showed up hit. at a Fourth of July party with one of your friends. With, with him, one of our friends. You know him. Who's he, that? Um, um, right, hold on, I'll cut it out. I'll tell you, but I'll cut it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she, um, what? <laughs> oh, it's not his current woman. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This is a bunch of years ago. Probably like soon after it happened. I think it went down in like 2006. Okay. And shortly after that, um, it makes he sense shows that, that guy would show up with an accused murderer. Right, right. He show she he shows up at a at a barbecue. Um, like it might have cut. He might have been throwing a St. Patty's Day party, or um, somebody else might have been having like one of those large gatherings. And he shows up with this chick, and everybody's just kind of like, "Oh, who's who's his girl?" You know. And then it starts to, you know, whispers. Uh, through the grapevine, throughout the party, like, that chick is the girl who murdered her husband. Yeah. And not only is she just at the party, like, hey, I'm so-and-so, I'm friends with so-and-so, um, they're, like, canoodling. <laughs> like, they're sitting on a bench in a corner, schmoopying and canoodling yeah. and sharing wine, and, like, like, they were on their honeymoon. And the story is that she was not from the area, um, she had a friend from the area, and she had come in to visit, um, kind of get away from it all. Like, when you kill your husband, you need some time to decompress, right? <laughs> Honeymoon from hell, husband vanishes at sea. George yeah, yeah, Jefferson. Yes, exactly. And she's pretty attractive. Yeah, I just, uh, heavy drinking. It's got all the little bold parts of the article. Well, here it's on abcnews.com. You know, I just Googled husband murdered on cruise ship or something. Right, right. Family exactly. wants justice. Yes. Yeah, uh, so yeah I did see this story years ago. Okay. Um, and it got real contentious because she got a settlement from the, um, from the cruise she company. She got a ton of money from the cruise company. Um, she would like, 
shortly after that got engaged, not to our buddy, but to um, you know, to somebody else, and got on with her life very, very quickly. Um, yeah, she just moved right on. Yeah, I, I would say if, like, if Ange got married and fell off a cruise ship on her new honeymoon, I'd I'd still be upset. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. This chick was on a honeymoon with her actual husband. Yeah. And he fell off. And, like, I, maybe it was months later, but, it like, the way the story was relayed to me, um, I wasn't there, so it was secondhand, but it was, like, man, she is, like, you wouldn't even know that she was married before, let alone lost a husband under, you know, under suspicious, uh, suspicious circumstances. So they were all lovey-dovey and people were like, I can't believe it. Like, what's going on? And she came up to visit several times yeah, to kind of hang with him. And um, I, don't, I don't ever know what came of it. I think he ended up just kind of like moving um, went went cross country, went on his, one of his little sojourns, ended up uh, meeting, probably, if not his current wife, somebody who who you know kind of steered him uh, in a new direction or whatnot. But um, it's just so crazy, you know. Yeah. Well, in 2013. Here's a CNN article that the FBI was going to look back into it, but I don't know what ever became of that. Yeah, I think she's like married. Yeah, um, they're from New York, I guess. Yeah, figures. Yeah, story is uh, that's we got, they even got a Wikipedia page: the disappearance of George Smith. I want to say, I'm trying to think now. What what is the closest hometown I've Greenwich, come? Connecticut? Oh yeah, yeah, super rich. Yeah, yeah, Greenwich super rich. Um, and then she just got she just got richer. Um. I don't want to say it was a million dollar settlement, but it was a high six figure. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think what, uh, if I've had any other encounter with a. 1.1 1. You know, 1 million dollars. Oh my God. She got. In That's June insane. 2006, Hagel Smith accepted compensation set at 1.1 million dollars from Royal Caribbean. However, Smith's family later challenged in terms of the settlement as well as the amount of the monetary compensation. Damn. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. She got paid. And, like, it's insane that they would have paid so quickly. Like, at least at least let an investigation... Maybe they were so culpable um, or negligent in in their own policies and procedures that they had no... In the, the, the cruise ship I'm talking about. Yeah. You know, maybe they were so negligent or reckless in their own you know, procedure or investigation that they had no choice. But, like, my first thought was, well, if it looks like the wife did it, chances are the wife did it. Yeah. What's that, Ockram's razor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Whatever's most likely. The simplest explanation is the most likely explanation. Yeah, yeah. Also, the name of this episode. Okay, there you go. Ockram's razor. There we go. All right, sweet. Oh, so that's yeah, it, man. She's like a stereotypical blonde broth. <laughs> I'm just looking at pictures of her, you know? Yeah. 
her her ends were much lighter than her roots. Is that is that is she one of those kind of chicks? Yeah, she definitely looks like she has a dye job in this picture, which must be from the wedding. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But whatever. She's a superficial, superficially hot looking blonde woman. Yeah. Mur- murder slash murder. murder yes what people would think <laughs> of is like oh yeah if you're into right. that sort of thing right i think that's why i think that's why like i became so fascinated with amanda knox and she gets a pass because the story her story her backstory was so uh sensational like there's no yeah. way she could have done it because I do, I do believe the simplest solution is, or the simplest answer is often the true answer. And like the amount of things that would have had to go into her story, there's no way that could have happened, you know. Meanwhile, couple gets drunk, gets into an argument. Wife pushes the husband off the uh, the cruise ship. Totally plausible, totally, totally doable. Yeah, this thing is and gone away anytime soon either. Have you ever been on a like, cruise? No, never. I'm not cruise ship people. No, either am I. The closest I came um, was a, an overnight uh, boat trip across the Baltic Sea from, um, I say, from Finland to Estonia. Okay. Is it the Baltic Sea or the Black Sea? Either way. That should be the I Baltic, the, I believe. I think it's the Baltic. Um. And I was standing out on the uh, on the deck at night, and I just marveled at the fact that if I fell over or if somebody fell over, donezo. Like the ship is moving so fast, the current, you know, is so strong. There's no way they could like pull a 180 in time, yeah, you know, to save you because like there's the the wake from the ship is crazy yeah as big as those things are the wake they put out yeah and if you fall at the front of the ship you're gonna get sucked yeah you know to a to a uh not a very attractive demise at the hands of those blades and whatnot so um that was the only way we could get to estonia otherwise i probably would have opted not to well, it was yeah. a good trip. It was a good. It was good fun. It was. A, it was a good time. It was a fun, fun boat ride. But like, there's no. The downside is way, way higher than the uh, upside. Yeah, I mean, there's certain people. It's just like, like there's people who are Disney, Disney World slash Disneyland people. There are people yes. who are cruise people. Yeah, you're right. The Peters family, I believe, are cruise people. Are they really? Well, I know Reg and John, I believe, are. And I think Brian's been on cruises with him. I think yeah. I think they've even like uh cousin maybe might have gotten married on a cruise ship that they went on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this all sounds familiar. I um maybe Brian was like in high school or something. Um and he came up to visit and he had just gotten like back from a cruise or something. Yeah, I mean I think I've I mean obviously Brian and Mike aren't gone all the time, but I think Reg and John go on a fair share of cruises. You know? Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, in a ship that big, you don't necessarily get seasick, but I, I get seasick. Yeah, you, you know, get small... seasick on a cruise ship? No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. Right. But the... the um, 
the opportunity does present itself, you're yeah, you're on the water. Something yeah, yeah, know, yeah. could happen. So my sister went on one of these like four or five day little cruises they do out of here. What was that? That was a year or two ago. I don't know. She said it was quite a scene. Yeah, because. Now they got a big cruise terminal down here. So they got these ones that just go out for a few days, you know? Right. You know, they'll go down to Mexico and turn around or whatever it is. You know? My parents went on one out in uh, Alaska. Okay. Which which they said was awesome. It was You know, it was a smaller ship. There was only like maybe 25 people on the ship or whatnot. And, they, you know, they're cruising through the bays and the yeah. glaciers and stuff. Well, I always thought that would be kind of cool because I remember watching the Love Boat episode where they were in Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> How'd they get the Love Boat to Alaska? I have no clue, but they did have a Love Boat Alaska episode, at least one, you know? <laughs> Which was different All... than every other episode, because every other episode, they were going to Puerto Vallarta. Hey, I looked up... Oh, you know why we, I looked up? Because we were talking about... Um, who's the guy? Um, Fred Grandy, who played Gopher the Purser on Love Boat? No, 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 the other guy, the Jump the Shark guy. Oh, Ted McGinley. Ted McGinley, he your, right. He was your ship photographer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> 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 yes, I looked the up that cast. Jumping the shark. I looked up that cast recently. Um and the um oh, hold on, I'm getting some feedback here. Okay. Give me one second. Alright, try that. Okay, that's good. Um so I looked at the right. cast recently, and the daughter... Do you remember the daughter? Um, yeah. She was kind of hot for, for an 80s um, sitcom I I think she was on... It might have been her. I was at my mom's house with my sister. had on. It was Oprah Winfrey Network. They do a Where Are They Now show, and they think it was her. The girl, Julie, who I think had a big drug problem and everything, and Ted Lange. Isaac, AKA yeah. Isaac, bartender. your bartender. You know, they were doing a where are they now? And they had the three of them. They were eating dinner together and stuff and re- retracing their lives, what, um, you know. What's uh, Isaac up to? I don't know. He seems <laughs> all right. He's not. <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't that interesting because they were, they, they were like, had the three of them like making dinner together. Or whatever, and they're talking. Oh, well, that was so rough, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, Isaac had the, not Isaac, Ted had to put up with the racism, you know. And, I don't know, it get kind yeah. of boring on me. I'm surprised you know? he stayed that long with it then. Yeah, well, they were sitting there like, all right, I don't know how much more we got to watch. The girl, Julie, which I do know she had the big drug problems or whatever. Uh, what was she, the cruise she director cruise or whatever? But it. Yeah, apparently her husband had died recently or something. I don't know. And I do think it might have been the... I think it might have been Gavin McLeod, uh Captain Steuben's daughter. That must have been the third one. What was her name? Uh, Joellen. Joe jo Whelan. Or what was her name on the show? Yeah, but... Vicky. Vicky, okay. Vicky Steubing. Uh, I think it might have been. She came on, yeah. she was probably like yeah. 10 or 12. What I loved is how they always had that uh, 
they always that the doctor what was his name his real name i think was like bernie Koppel or something yeah. but the guy doctor he was he was like a huge hornball do you remember that <laughs> i don't uh that's what i always thought was funny about it he was always like trying to hit on ladies and stuff you know and he was like a nerd you know or he seemed like a nerd to me he wore glasses <laughs> yeah he was totally a nerd but i think what constituted a nerd back in the 70s didn't necessarily meet the same criteria that we have now yeah you know i think you could have he could have been a a goofy looking horn dog yeah yeah that's what i think it was and on that same episode where they now they did follow up with charo because you remember charo she was like on every other episode of love boat <laughs> coochie coochie yeah <laughs> um let me see here i'm looking to see so the full cast essentially was was um the captain the doctor isaac and then gopher julie was the cruise director but she left um or she... the reason she left she did leave but the reason she left was because she had a big drug problem Okay. They like tossed her off the show, I think. Okay. And then, because she was only on 200 of the 250 episodes. Vicky was on one. Vicky was on 190. She came on like two years into the show. And then, um, oh, it was on for 10 seasons. Yeah. I think it even switched networks at one point. I I think you're right. Oh, um, she was replaced. Uh, Julie was replaced by her sister, Judy McCoy. Okay. Which which makes sense. Okay. Then, um, Terry Hatcher was on 19 episodes. Terry Hatcher. Uh, Marion Ross, Florence Henderson, Charo was on a bunch of episodes. I think Uh, they even had an episode back in the day where Tom Hanks was one of the passengers. I think Ted Danson had been a passenger at one point, too. All right, so here's my question for those, like, uh, 80 shows. Jimmy Walker was on six episodes. Aaron Moran, six episodes. Did they um, – oh, Pat Harrington. All right, I'm going to – let's hold off. Pat Harrington. Uh, I'm going to put Pat Harrington aside because i got a funny Pat Harrington. Um, the um, All these shows, like The Dating Game. Were famous, were the people who are celebrities now, were they famous when they were going on these shows? Well, I think the love boat was kind of two things about it. Like Ted Danson and Tom Hanks, they were budding, like getting into the business, you know? So it was like to get on the show. Then you had the people who were like, like Charo, basically B-listers who's, you know, shtick was being like, you know, special guest stars on TV shows. Okay. You know, I think that's what it was. It was a mix of that. People that, that that's what, or people that had been famous before, but kind of really weren't doing anything anymore, you know? Okay. All right. But I, like Ted Danson and Tom Hanks were people that were just doing work, getting jobs, you know? <laughs> doing what you had okay. to do to succeed. Right, right, right. Like, I mean, I don't know when Tom Hanks was on, but it might have been after Bosom Buddies was on TV, you know? Uh, let's take a look. 
My telephone ringer for a while back in the day used to be uh, the Love Boat theme. That was always fun. <laughs> I would have... Uh, I thought you were going to say the Bosom Buddies theme, which I would have taken. Well, All right, so... Uh, he was... Okay, so this... They must have done like a lot of cross-promotion because... He was on the Love Boat in 1980. That was the same season Bosom Buddies started. Yeah. So it must have been on the same network, and they were kind of doing like a cross-promotion. Um, but after that... Yeah, 1982, he did Bosom Buddies. 80 to 82, he did Bosom Buddies. And then after that, Splash was the next thing that uh, that he really did. And then he became, you know, Tom Hanks yeah. from that point on. All right, Interesting. Interesting. All right, cool. Um, oh, speaking of Schneider, I um, Pat Harrington, yes. Pat Harrington. I have this note. Well, when he died, here. he was way older than you know you could have imagined. Was he? How old was he? Like eighties? I think it was something ridiculous like that. Because I remember when he died, and I was like, "Wait, that guy was that old?" You know. Look it up. Let's find out. Time for an IMDb. Hey, you get TV on or something? Yeah, because they had this story about Hank Gathers on, and I'm never going to be able to see it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, my TV doesn't record, but in the teaser up into the game, CBS is doing a Hank Gathers story. Um, Pat, Pat Harrington was born in 1929. Yeah, 1929. I thought he died. He did die, so, yeah. Oh, no, he's alive. Oh, he's alive, apparently. I thought he was dead. <laughs> Maybe I saw his birthday. Whatever I saw, it, I was like, man, that guy's that old? Um, Much to his delight. He's still alive. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that show was made in the late 70s, early 80s, one day at a time. So he didn't nice. seem like he was well into his 50s when that show was on was on TV when I was a kid, you know? Right, 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 right. Um, but he did have that 50s-style vibe. No, it still wouldn't have made him. Yeah, it, I mean... It, the show was in the late 70s. Yeah, the 50s-style vibe. It was in or something, right? Yeah. So when I was watching it, everything new I was watching was when he was already in his 50s. He didn't seem like he was that old of a dude. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> He is, uh, he's 86 years old. Jeepers creepers. Yeah, so that surprises me, like seeing that he's 85 years old now. Um, what reminded me of Pat Harrington, I was in the, uh, I was getting coffee the other day, and I saw this old timey dude. He was probably in his 70s. Um, but like one of those old timey dudes who like is in relatively good shape. Um, you know, his, he's got like, um, you know, muscular arms for a yeah. for a seventy year old. He's probably got a couple barbells in his basement. He you know rips out a set of curls every night before bed. Um, but he had a jet black Schneider mustache. Nice. Like, matched nothing else on his body. <laughs> you know, his eyebrows were gray. His hair was gray. He might have he had a hat on. I think. But underneath the hat, like, you could tell he had gray hair. But, like, he rocked 
the jet black Schneider mustache, which um, which led me to to contemplate going with just a mustache when I get to be an old man, but I'm going to keep it jet black. Yeah, yeah. You know? You can keep it real, you know? Yeah, you got to keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was actually the uh, the catalyst to uh, to have me uh, shave my beard. I tell you that? I, I, so after I got um, the Bell's palsy, I grew a beard. You did you? Yeah, so my theory was that I could shape the beard to even my face out. So yeah. I would trim it higher on one side, you know. But um, as I've started <laughs> to get better, and as I've, um, you know, gone to physical therapy and whatnot, I'm, you know, I was, I was like, all right, well, I can kind of get rid of it. Because it was gray, you know. I had this, and not like a uniformly salt and pepper beard. It was just like these weird gray patches. Yeah. Um, it was okay. You know, I looked okay in it, but I don't have really a beard face. Um, <laughs> beard face. So I saw this guy and I'm like, well, that guy takes a lot of care and effort into his mustache. So either I got to step up my game with a little, um, with a little, uh, Clyde Frazier hair care for men. Yeah, yeah. Or or shave it off, but I can't be in between, you know. Yeah, yeah, one way or another. Exactly. So, um, so I got rid of it. I'm baby faced again. Nice. It took me a while to get to get used to myself. But, um, all right. Well, we got better stuff. I do here. remember Hutch dressed up as Schneider one year for Halloween. Oh, he did? Yeah. We had, That's a good costume. Yeah, we had one of our Halloween parties. He came dressed as Schneider. And I think it, some people didn't get it. Right, right, right. <laughs> Few people do, man. Yeah. Few people do. I've gotten to the point where, like, if one person gets it, whatever it is, like, if one person gets it, then I've done my job. Yeah. Especially nowadays. People don't keep up with shit anymore. No, no. And, and their attention spans are so small. Uh, the worst is, okay, about stuff people getting. So this just shows you the gap, what an eight-year gap does between what pop culture references people get. So I was out Monday. I mean, it's technically about, you know, almost a nine-year gap. Uh, this guy... It was for a couple of friends who, one's birthday was Monday, one's birthday was Tuesday. So we were meeting out for dinner. And one of the guys, the guy, he was celebrating his 30th birthday. And he's from Canada. You know. <laughs> and it turns out his grandfather was an, was an actor. You know, his grandfather was originally from Scotland. But he was, uh, he was, he was in all kinds of Canadian television shows and movies and stuff. And more importantly... He was a detective in the movie Strange Brew. Do you know that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. With Rick Moranis and uh, Dave Thomas. Yeah. And, but the kid had never seen it, you know? But he was talking right. about it. He's like, yeah, I've never seen it, you know? But my grandfather was in that movie. His grandfather's just dead now. He died a few years ago. He was like 80-something years old or something. Uh, see, this guy's way younger than me. His parents are about my parents' age. 
you know, so he's at, so uh, his grandfather, I think, was 87 when he died. I was like, oh, man, I was so hoping you would tell me that your grandfather was Les Lie. And, of course, I don't expect him to know who Les Lie is. He's like, who's Les Lie? I'm like, the guy who played Barth in the other great roles on You Can't Do That on Television. He was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, it was a Canadian show? You know? <laughs> I assumed every Canadian would know what You Can't Do That on Television was. Right, I was like, right. it's where Alanis Morissette got her start. He had no clue. No clue at all. Because apparently, probably to cut off for anybody knowing anything about you, you can't do it on television, it's probably people five years younger than me. Right, but right. Eight to nine years younger than me has no clue what you can't do it on television is. It really surprised me. I was like, damn, I can't believe it. the gap's that big. I thought people would just know what that is just based off of watching Nickelodeon. But kids that age, by the time Nickelodeon was, by the time they were watching Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon was coming out with their own program, and they didn't have to just go get, you can't do that on television. I had to explain the whole thing about that's where Nickelodeon got its obsession with slime. Because you remember that? Yes. You say, I don't know, and you get slime on you. Nick, right. That's where Nickelodeon got slime thing. But they didn't come up with you can't do that on television. It was just a Canadian show that they that they started airing around the clock because Nickelodeon was new. They didn't have any programming. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a Canadian show. Uh, I mean, think about it. I mean, they used to have the guy Alistar. You remember that? That was one of the regulars, Alistar. Like, what kind of American kid would ever be named Alistar? Right, right. <laughs> All right, so you can't do that on television. Uh, 1979 to 1990. Now, a couple things are working against me here. Is that, um, is that I didn't have cable growing okay. up. Okay. So, like, Nickelodeon was a cable station up here. Uh, yeah. So, like, a lot of... Cable just didn't come to my, my neighborhood. <laughs> like, we, there wasn't a choice. Like, kids, uh... You know, in my school, we're like, oh, we got cable. And oh my God, they they didn't come down my street yet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a late jump on a lot of this stuff. So I wasn't a huge, you can't do that on television fan. Um, but uh, let me see if there's a picture of Alistair Gillis here. Uh, he doesn't have an IMDb photo, but... Oh, okay, yes, yes, name yes. I know, I know this kid. Yeah. Yeah, he was one of the stars. What are you doing, Alistair? <laughs> <laughs> um, where did Degrassi play? Well, how would you see Degrassi? Because I only remember it from school. We watched Yeah, it. I only remember watching it in school. I think they used to show it on PBS, though, for some reason. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, they they show all that kind of shit on PBS. But I only I remember watching like Degrassi Junior High or whatever, because I think it was Degrassi Junior High at one time. Um, wait, there's a Degrassi High now. Yeah, I mean they keep going on. You know, Drake was in Degrassi. Yeah, yeah, but you know, is... like Degrassi, no, there's Degrassi, the Next Generation. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so, so Degrassi Junior High was uh, 1987, so that's when we would have seen it. 
Yeah. Was on for like. Uh... Still watch that thing, Catherine. For only five. Oh, only five seasons. Only five seasons. Um, and then. Degrassi, the next generation. Was two thousand one, so that's like Drake, right? That was on. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's been on for fourteen stuff. seasons. Yeah. But okay, see there is. Okay, Degrassi Junior High was retitled Degrassi High. Okay. So then, when you go to Degrassi High's IMDb page, it's the same year, and says Degrassi Junior High in sub subtitle original title. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. So I guess Degrassi, the next generation, they just brought back, and that was the Drake stuff. Yeah. What's uh? Hey, what's his real name? Aubrey Graham? Is that Drake? Probably. Uh, yes. As a young man, Drake appeared as uh, Aubrey Drake Graham. Got it. I guess on that show. See, I never watched that show. Obviously, he was in a wheelchair. His character. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, the thing is. Uh, it just had its last episode last week. The Kroll Show. One, oh, you know, yeah, you love the Kroll Show. One of the running things was Wheels Ontario, uh-huh. which was like a vast, uh, it was like their version of a Degrassi-like show. But the thing was, Nick Kroll plays this character who is the guy that can walk at a school for kids in wheelchairs. <laughs> you know, So they call him Legs. But he's like their Drake type of character. <laughs> <laughs> There's not much more I can do to explain. You're just gonna watch it, right? right. No, I get it. That's pretty good. That's pretty yeah. good. Uh, eventually, well, you'll you'll break me. I will get uh, I will get the hankering to catch a crawl show. Um, Sodden is friggin' is Drake. Say that again. AJ Sodden. That's got to be Drake, huh? No, Drake is Aubrey Graham. And who's this guy that looks like Drake? I guess it's just another mixed guy on the show. Well, it is Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Drake is actually a Jewish kid, I believe, too, right? <laughs> yeah, there he is. He's got Aubrey Graham. Yeah. Well, I think that I, I learned more about Drake at that dinner the other night than I've ever known about Drake. What, uh, that he was in the wheelchair. Oh, he was actually born in Memphis. What dinner? Get... With the Canadian kid. Oh, oh, oh gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, no, his dad's from Memphis. And his mom is a Canadian Jewish educator. Okay, there we go. That settles it. That's <laughs> all I need to know about, about Aubrey Graham. Uh... A.K.A. Drake. Funny that they have him as Aubrey Graham on there, not you know, you know his IMDb page. Right, right. All right. What else we need to know? Um, what do I have here? Got a bunch of things. Oh, um, well, where are we? Where are we? Uh, so we're about forty-six minutes in. I thought, um, I thought maybe we would uh, split this up into uh, into two. Two episodes this week, so I got uh, I got a couple things um, 
that I wanted to cover, and then uh, and then we'll. Uh... The other side of it is you just posted the other episode yesterday, right? Yeah. So so we have. Um... So maybe we don't need. What I'm just going to suggest here. Yeah, go sh- shoot, man. This is a partnership. 50 yeah. split. Is maybe we don't need to kill ourselves to do two hours just to have a two part episode. Fair if enough. The second up, ep- if, if we're not going to put, since we posted one yesterday. Yeah, and I was going to post this one like uh, Wednesday or Thursday of okay. this coming week. And... I'm only just thinking about, you know, I mean, I don't want to sit here and just. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we'll go on. Maybe it'll be great. Yeah. I don't want us to just drone on if we're droning on just to have content. You know what I'm no, saying? No, yeah, no, not at all. But I have, um, I got a couple things that I wanted to uh, okay. to cover, um, and so I didn't want to cut you off uh, if you had okay. anything you wanted to to get into oh, books. Okay. So if when I'm done and you're like bag it, we we're done. Um, but if you wanted to keep the um, the party rolling then we'll we'll take a two second break so i can pee and then um then we'll put up a, a show for next week okay so um this way those uh who are on team sanders know that the next 15 or 20 minutes are going to be heavily team sanders and those who sport the team live t-shirts uh, will know that they have to come back next week to get their fill live huh. i'm sure a lot of people you know who are listening to this at this point of the podcast are turning it off. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, it's bad enough when they just talk. Now we have to listen to their plan about talking. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, what's your manifesto? Um, want to know if I sounded any different. Oh, I was supposed to be listening for that. Um, (laughs) Is this because you're finally kicking the palsy? Oh, that that in part, yes, in part, yes, but more so uh, because I am now a a one forty uh, a rule one forty uh, rule forty dash one approved New Jersey state mediator. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't notice any difference, but uh, I I wasn't sensing your mediation skills exuding through the through our conversation, but hey. I've been mediating this whole time. Oh, okay. That's what's been going on here. That's what's been going on, and that's why we came to such an agreeable conclusion to should we go on for two episodes or should we only do one episode? <laughs> you didn't know that, but I was playing uh, mediation yeah. Jedi mind tricks on you the entire time. There you go. So I, uh, I completed my course last week was the last uh, week um, that we had to meet. We met on a Sunday and a Monday. And it was uh, a lot more palatable than the first um, series of classes. Because the first series of classes... That couple wasn't canoodling in anything. <laughs> no, that couple wasn't canoodling. Um, and as a matter of fact, there was a lot less interaction in general. There was okay. a lot more um, just coursework, lecture... Um, we broke out in predetermined um, mock role plays. So, like, we each got a part, so we had prepared for it. So we had, you know, it wasn't that anxiety of, 
oh, are they going to break us up? Are they going to break us up? Do I have to find my own partner? Are they going to assign us? Do I have to count to three and find all the rest of the threes uh, in the group? You know, and I'll hold my paper up. You know, like there's a certain, even at 40, whatever I am, you know, there's a certain anxiety when it comes to, to elements that I'm not familiar with, you know? Yeah. So uh, at the end, of course, like I realize it's silly to be like that, but I can't help it. I'm like that, you know? <laughs> yep. I hear you, man. So the second day or the second um, group of sessions were um, were a little more calculated. Like you knew uh, what group you were going to be in. You knew what the mock role play was, et cetera. And um, like it ended up being a pretty enjoyable um, experience. Like the coursework was good. Um, the material was great. I have a, um, um, like, um, not only an interest, but a, uh, a knack for doing this kind of thing. So I got a lot of positive feedback and, you know, like, uh, like, um, like Owen Wilson says in, uh, um, wedding crashes, I'm an idea man. I thrive on your enthusiasm. Yeah. So that's what it was like, you know. I was getting a lot of positive feedback, and um, uh, you know, did particularly well, and and you know, kind of buddied up again with the uh, with the law school dean and his and his um, and his mistress, and <laughs> you know, a couple of the other folks uh, in the class, and did did particularly well. So um, it was a little anticlimactic because at the end, you know, they uh, they just give you a piece of paper and they're like, you're done. Thanks for, thanks for playing. Yeah. Um, no ceremony. They didn't recognize, they didn't give a, you know, an outstanding, uh, mediator, future mediator award or anything like that. But I was pretty sure I'd be in the running. I, I don't want to be, you know, conceited enough to say, I'd if they win. were to give an award, you'd be out there for it. I would be up there for it. I, I definitely would be. That's the sense that I got, which is, um, you know, which is good. Cause if they're not going to give an award, at least thinking, that you'd be up for an award if they had given one is probably the next best thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's it, man. So it, it it's anticlimactic in the sense that there was no big pomp and circumstance, which, like, let's be honest, who who doesn't love the pomp and circumstance? Yeah, like, I like the pomp more than the circumstance. <laughs> <laughs> I brought a piece of carrot cake home today. Um, for my mom, last couple, last couple weeks, she's been every time I've seen her, she's been talking about wanting some carrot cake, and yeah, you know, I see her a lot because we're roommates. But um, <laughs> I brought a piece of carrot cake home, you know, which because I pay attention, you know, and I kind of listen, yeah, uh, and I do it because I genuinely care that you know, in this instance, that she wanted a piece of carrot cake, and I'd like to see that fulfilled. But I also would like recognition for the next, I don't know six to eight weeks that I brought a piece of carrot cake home, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, um, just walking out the door with a certificate, I'm like, what the fuck do I do now? Wait, Nobody... you ain't got the certificate today? No, 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 at the, the last day of the class. Oh, okay. So... Well, because you're talking about the carrot cake itself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sound like it all went on today. It all went down today. <laughs> You pick up your certificate at the carrot cake shop. Yeah, I was like, do they have carrot cake at the certificate? 
<laughs> it's all the same. I got my car change. I got my oil change yeah. in my car wash. I'm really too. trying to figure out the placement of the character. <laughs> <laughs> story within the whole context of this thing now uh, it was an aside it, it was an okay. aside on, on how i like um you know i find satisfaction in the thing itself but yes. more importantly i like the recognition for accomplishing the thing so yeah, like you more about you're not so much into doing things to be nice as much as doing things to be praised. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> All the right reasons, I see. <laughs> this guy's definitely not giving any anonymous donations. You know? <laughs> False. I will give an anonymous donation, but in parentheses, I will write from Matthew DeSantis. <laughs> <laughs> I maintain my original basis. <laughs> uh, all right, so you get you pick up your award certificate at and the table it. near the front of the room, right? And then <laughs> and then walked home, and then went home, and then there was no party, there was no you know, there was no gift. There Nobody was, was sitting there. Your parents weren't didn't have a banner like congratulations, Matthew. No, nothing. Nothing. I had to tape yeah. the award up next to the the kids' artwork myself. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a stainless steel fridge now, so like um, yes, magnets don't work. Magnets on don't work on it. So um, there's a door <laughs> I'm where, <pretty> sure. <laughs> where the artwork goes. And like, I'm gonna be honest. Like, I love my nieces and nephews, and they're really cute. But like, some of this artwork doesn't deserve to be. A lot of it sucks, right? <laughs> I'll say it since you say it. <laughs> there's a, um, there's a, uh, somebody's gonna get pissed at this because I don't know which which kid it is. Um, so it it's gonna alienate one of one of my brothers, but. Um, Neither one of them has to fess up to it, so hopefully they'll 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 take it with a grain of salt. But yeah. um, it's a castle, and um, you know it's a little kid drew the castle, and on top of it, it's been titled self-titled, and it was titled "Beautiful Princess Castle." And my first thought was, "Well, I should be the judge of that," <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, I get you. Like, like, um, who did who did the Mona Lisa? Picasso. Da Vinci. Da Vinci. If Da Vinci had had titled it the Picasso, be- the beautiful <laughs> Mona Lisa. Well, I I was I've been to France and I've been to, um, and I've been to Amsterdam and I couldn't remember which one. Which one was which? There's so many things wrong with you. <laughs> Knowledge of art history right now. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Van Gogh. I'm thinking of Van Gogh. Picasso is Spanish, 20th century. (laughs) What the fuck are you even talking about? (laughs) We have a whole episode uh, entitled One Uncultured Fuck where you talk about, who do you talk about, Matisse? Probably. You know, I'm not even some big art guy. It's just not at all. Yeah, uh, funny. It's just that compared to you, man, I might as well be on the friggin' Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> you know? uh, 
So, but anyway, anyway, anyway. going about the Mona Lisa. Uh, yeah, well, if he entitled it, uh, you know, the beautiful, beautiful Mona, Lisa. Mona Lisa. So that's that's subjective. I think that's up to me to determine. If it was just called the Princess Castle, you know, I could find my own enjoyment in it. But the fact that um, that I've been told that it's the beautiful Princess Castle, and listen, it's a great looking castle. Whoever did it did a good job. Now I don't know. I honestly don't know who did it because they um they don't uh, they don't sign their work here. Yeah, it's all anonymous, which is nice because yeah, which means they're not as in the recognition as you are. Right, exactly. As a matter of fact, mine is the only uh, is the only piece of artwork on the uh, on the art door that is identifiable. Yeah, yeah. Because it's a certificate. And when you brought it home, you're like, Dad, look what I got. I got my certificate. He's like, that's great, son. Take out the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to put it next to the law degree you don't use? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see you mediate that garbage in, onto the curb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so that... Uh, I've uh, I've kicked off the um, the strategic business plan for my um, for my mediation practice, um, which it, at first is going to have to be a lot of like volunteer work and um, you know just kind of building up some hours. Yeah. Un- until yeah. I can kind of pinpoint a clientele, um, which is pri- which is primarily going to focus on um, uh, academic school district. Probably elderly law services, um, nonprofits. There's there's kind of some opportunity in in those arenas um, that I've done a bunch of work over the last two years to kind of <clears throat> excuse me set up a foundation for, so um, I can start taking advantage of that stuff. So hopefully within the next uh, you know six to eight months, that will be uh, that'll be off the ground, which is which is good because that directly coincides with uh you know a bunch of the ALS work that's going to start to crop up um the NJIT you know project yeah, is yeah. all like in full full bloom so um you know I worked 65 hours last week two things yeah. about that I haven't worked 65 hours and gotten compensated for 65 hours in a long time damn secondly it is a lot harder to accrue 65 hours when you bill hourly. When you go to oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. when you sit yeah, a job for everything. When you sit a job for 8 hours. I didn't realize how much time that I dicked around and accomplished very little outside yeah. of the 2 or 3 hours that I was actually generally productive. Yeah, yeah. So now I sit down and I'm like, I just finished a project in two hours, but like that would have taken me a day and a half to do if I was at, you know, a nine to five gig where I take lunch, I go to the bathroom, I get called into a meeting, I have an interview to conduct, you know, like all the other stuff that goes along with being part of a, you know, a corporate setting. I'm way more efficient with my time, but at the same token, the the amount of work that you have to do to bill the hours is significant. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So that's been an adjustment. I've been getting, uh, you know, getting my feet under me, trying to get a, you know, a uh, a little bit of a routine, a little bit of a pattern. Problem is, I can't. I'm not an early riser. I just can't get up, no matter what time I go to bed. Like, yeah, I'll, I hate waking up early, man. I want to be hitting the ground like 5:30. Get up, brush my teeth, you know, dick around. Cause I'm a, uh, I'm a diddler. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I like to take a dump in the morning. I don't know if that's common. Do a lot of people take dumps in the morning? I think a lot of people do. Okay, all right, all right. So that's why I take my dumps and I play my Scrabble. Take my dumps. You know, read the news. Then get up. Got to walk the dogs. What time uh, you wake up? Well, I mean, now it's like. I want to wake up like at five thirty, and then I want to be at that's way too early. My computer like at seven, so I can get, you know, run through emails, do administrative stuff, do accounting, um, you know, kind of get the bulk of my correspondence out of the way before you know nine or ten, and then I can hit the ground running. I got a meeting I have to go to. I have to you know be on site or, you know, right now. It's like, okay, I got to be up in North Jersey at 8. I got to leave the house at 6. I'm getting up at 545. Damn. <laughs> you know, to shower, wash the, you know, walk the dogs, get something to eat, make a cup of coffee, whatnot. But the um, the dogs are, um, have thrown a monkey wrench into the plan. Val got out again. Or he didn't get out again. He tacked, it. He, tacked it. he tacked another cat. How's he getting out? All right. Jumps the, found out he jumped the fence. Oh, man. Yeah. So it's not a particularly high fence, only four feet high. But it, it drops another two feet. So I thought that was enough to dissuade him. Plus, I've never seen him jump a fence before. So the other night, I let him out. And he's, the fenced area is the pool. So it's a deck that goes down to a patio. It's an upper deck that goes down to a lower deck that goes down to a patio. And then there's the pool. And the whole thing is fenced in. Um, it's like, it's basically the, the entire length of the house by maybe 30 feet. So it's a pretty good area, you know, and then they can yeah. they run around the pool and, um, you know, just generally have have the run of it back there. But I let him out and, you know, got started to get ready for bed or whatnot and went back out to get him. And Cash is just staring out into the distance, pitch black. It's a, it's, it's a rural area. Yeah. Co- you know, by woods and houses. And I'm like, uh-oh, this does not sound good. I go, Cash, where's Val? And he looks kind of in that direction and i do a quick run around the back area and i'm like oh he's gone it had just snowed it's freezing out damn i'm like oh god that would have been a happy end to the story if he had just gotten out wandered wandered into somebody's house and we were able to find him but he ended up attacking my neighbor's cat so luckily i found him and um but Cat was no worse, or was 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 in no no great shape. Um, so I had to bring him back to the house, and then you know go back to the neighbor. The neighbor was like super cool. He's like, listen, this cat, it's old. 
don't worry, whatever happens to him, what it's gonna. What happen. did he do to the cat? Uh, he messed it up pretty bad. He messed it up Damn, pretty bad. Man. So, um, he's like, it's an outside cat. He wanders. It's fine. Like he's like, don't you know? Don't sweat it. He's like, these things happen. That's that's you know, that's just the way things go. And I was like, all right, but listen, just to let you know, I feel really bad. Like I have a cat. Um, you know, if something had happened to my cat, I I know how you you know I know how you feel. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Probably wouldn't fall suit. <laughs> so I put the um put the dogs away and and like this is all going down I have to be up the next morning at 6 this is all going down at like midnight by the time I get him find him put him away deal with the next door neighbor it's 2 in the morning so I get zero sleep I gotta get up I go to I have to go to class. Um, somebody let Val out in the backyard, or, or let him in the pool area so he could go to the bathroom while while I got ready. And I'm like, that's not a good idea. I should watch him. So I go to to the back door so I can go out there and 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 keep an eye on him. He jumps over the fence again. Now at this oh, yeah. point, I've implemented. Um, the reasonably prudent person criticism to myself. Yeah. Which, in in a lot of instances, that's kind of where I am too hard on myself in 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 uh, in situations where I get stressed out. I'm like, my reasonably prudent person standard is reasonably prudent for me. What should I have done in this particular instance? And not have him out there four hours after he jumped over the fence the first time is is my standard, you know? Where the average person would have put him back out there again, you know? Like, what's the odds of him jumping over the fence again? So now I'm pissed at myself because he, uh, he, he jumped over the fence on my watch a second time. <laughs> so, but this time... He, he just wandered off. He was, he just didn't want to be around anymore. I think because I punished him, you know, for the cat incident, like he was pissed at me and I'm pissed at him because in my mind, we have, we're supposed to have an understanding him and I, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, like I bailed him out of that kill shelter when he was a puppy. He's helped me through some bad times. Like. We've got a mutual understanding, and we're supposed to be in this thing together. And I could use a little help on his part, and he's not giving it to me. He just wanders off into the woods. But i got to leave. I'm late for class. And I'm like, what do I do? You know? Yeah. So I called Andrew, and I'm like, listen, Val got out. I'm not super worried about his safety because there's a ton of woods, and they do border you know, two major roads, but like, they're not... Uh, it's Sunday morning. Like he's gonna wander into somebody's yard and try to get shelter before he wanders out into the street. Yeah. But I don't want him to wreak havoc on his path if he finds another cat. You know, like dogs. I know he's pretty. He's pretty cool with. But cats, he doesn't. Outside cats, he doesn't. He doesn't get along with. So. Um, he could easily wander into somebody's un, you know, yard on an unsuspecting cat. And, man, he's fast. 
In my yeah, mind, a cat should be able to outrun a dog. Or a cat should at least be able to climb up something. Right. Right. But I guess Val stealth, you know? So I leave yeah. and um, Ange kind of makes her way uh, over to Jackson. And um, within a couple hours, like even before my class started, I got a text from her and she was like, he just wandered back. You know, he's not bloody or anything, so, you know, he didn't find any trouble or whatnot, which I assumed he'd be safe. I didn't think he'd wander back, because I don't think he's that smart. Yeah. I don't think he's that smart, but he used to roam freely when he was um, a foster dog right before we got him. He's from a farm in, in Arkansas, so what they the woman would do is um, she would keep some dogs in her house, some dogs in a kennel, and let some of the dogs roam free. And then she would rotate them. <laughs> so, at certain points during his life down there, you know, the year or so that she had him, uh, he would, you know, he'd be free to, to roam and come back. So, kind of thought maybe he would, but, you know, it's a lot different up here than it is in Arkansas. So, I wasn't, I wasn't positive, but... Yeah. Um, he got back safe and sound. So now that has instituted a series of um, of supervisory measures that uh, are way, way involved. Um, geez, I can't let him out in the back anymore, so I have to I have to bring him outside on a lead. You know, kind of uh, yeah, let him yeah. you know use the bathroom and whatnot, and yep. um, shock collar. Damn. Has been instituted, which I tested it on myself just to be sure. You know, like cops have to go through taser training before they use tasers. Yeah. So I tested it on myself and like I get it. Like it's a shock, you know. You definitely don't want to overuse it. Um, that I would suggest that if, if anybody, uh, any of our dog-loving uh, TSEC listeners um, – is going to get a shock collar. Definitely use it on yourself first. You don't have to put it on your neck. I think that's barbarian. Put it on your arm. That's what I do. <laughs> you know? That's <laughs> so why you get a sense of, of, of how how uh, intense it is. And then it uh, it's it's literally Pavlovian training. There's a beep and then a negative stimulus. But conversely, when the dog does something right, there's a second button for a positive beep. So what like it, it then you do the positive beep and give them a treat. So then eventually okay. you don't have to use the shock. You can just use the negative sound and the positive sound. And he's, he will come to associate. Um, you know, it's like Skinner's box where the, where yeah. the mouse tapped the thing. Um, so it, you know, it's it's meant to be short term and it's worked. I've only had to use it on him three times, and he's already significantly better. The problem with him is that he's so strong willed that if I'm not his caretaker, he takes advantage of whoever the caretaker is because he asserts his dominance over. It's really funny, like over people, he asserts his dominance yeah. over people. You know. Other dogs, forget it. They don't stand a chance. People, even even less of a chance. Because he look, he's like, he's a really handsome looking dog. So people get like, 
Suckered. You know, suckered, exactly. He's almost like a sociopath. <laughs> Bring it full circle. <laughs> sociopath. Yeah, so so on that note, I got a couple other things, but I think uh, they're not of timely nature. We can we can lump them into to your uh, update on your shoes and... Um, <laughs> waffles and, and and other things like that. So. I haven't made waffles in a few weeks, man. No, what you have for breakfast? Well, see, I had the shrimp, and I need to cook the shrimp. Okay. Uh, so yesterday, I kind of just cooked the shrimp together with some peppers and onions, and made like an omelet with that. And with the leftovers, I made another omelet this morning. You know, so right. I was gonna have waffles this weekend, but I needed to use that shrimp. Right, right. So it took the place. Sort of a fancier type of meal took the place of waffles. Yeah, let's say so. So instead of waffles and bacon, I had the shrimp omelet with bacon. So. <laughs> <laughs> you to make sure the bacon didn't go bad. No, no. Bacon's, bacon definitely needs to be worked into it. I don't eat bacon except for when I have a breakfast meal, so, you know. Right. And I only eat breakfast like that in the weekend, so I'm, I have to eat the bacon you know yeah i went out for breakfast for the first time in a long time today i haven't been out to breakfast in a bit oh i love going out to breakfast i had to do a bunch of errands um yeah when me the... too i love it i just haven't done it in a bit yeah I, I i think i've had a combination of not enough disposable income not enough free time not enough um in the right places where i like to eat but yeah. Today I did a bunch of stuff in Asbury. Got to get my oil changed. I had to pick up uh, some space heaters from the um, from the knuckleheads at uh, at seven oh five. Did a little yard work over there, and then I was like, you know what? I earned I earned some breakfast today. I was gonna go for a run, but I um, yeah. I, so what'd you have for breakfast? I opted out. I had uh, my corned beef hash. My well, my omelet there is the Irish omelet, which is a corned beef hash. Wait, um, where did you go? This place called the Chat and Nibble. I don't think okay. uh, I don't think we ate there. No, I don't remember the one we went to. We went to Frank's with the Frank's, cor- okay. with the with the really like solid corned beef hash, like made out of. Well, I guess all corned beef hash is made out of corned beef, but like when people think of corned beef, you know, they think of, like. Corned beef and cabbage, kind of. Yeah, yeah. That's the corned beef hash that that Frank's makes. The Chat Nibble makes my favorite kind, which is like the minced, canned. Yeah, yeah. Corned beef hash. Yes. So they make they make a corned beef hash omelet with Swiss cheese, and they they have um, hash browns, like McDonald's style hash browns. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I make. Make a little sandwich out of that, but um, yeah, today I only made about uh, probably two thirds of it. So I've been okay, been trimming down. My stomach's getting smaller. Yeah, it's not small, but it's getting smaller. Smaller. Yes. So I pushed, uh, you know, I pushed that away, but was able to uh, to enjoy it. Had a good breakfast, and uh, and then here we are, man. Here we are. Yep, here we are. Here so, we are. Um, so we can put that in the books. That's a that's a solid hour and uh, yeah. Hour I mean, I think we did run. a solid a solid go of it. I'll be honest. I don't think I'm in for the second production today. Yeah, that's fair enough, man. That's fair enough. I got stuff. I got stuff. Between, 
I mean, I got stuff I got to do. The weather's nice. I got to go pick up this bag. Got these basketball games on now, too. So. Oh, are the games on right now? Yeah, Louisville game literally just started. It's zero to zero with 18 and a half minutes left in the first half. Oh, all right. Now two to nothing. All right, that's all. Right. I will. Um, I'll, uh, I thought those games were going to be on later today. But. Um, <sighs> yeah, that's cool. Someday they do stuff earlier, you know? Yeah. That, um, real quickly though, did you watch those games uh, last night? I, I watched, I got to see the, most of the second half, or at least the last 10 minutes of the Notre Dame Kentucky game, and Notre Dame really blew that game. Yeah, they, um. Missing free throws, man. They played awesome in the yeah. first half, probably right up to the point that you saw, um, it was it was one of the best games I have seen all season, uh, if not I the mean, best I, game. I will not, you know, mince words about it. I fucking hate Notre Dame, mm-hmm. but I would have liked to have seen them beat Kentucky. Yeah, you know, going into the tournament, I was like, you know, I think it'd be cool if Kentucky goes undefeated. But like, once you see them in action, you realize. How much Ashley Judd sucks. How much oh, their gosh. fan base is. Uh, uh, the Kentucky fan base is the worst in all of college basketball. Yeah, so you just can't. They're so obnoxious. And yeah. um, the kid Connaughton is um, played basketball yeah, for no, real, though. Which is unfortunate because he missed a free throw. Yeah, yeah. They, but... they didn't miss any free throws up until a point. Then that guy, August, missed the free throw on an end one. And Grant missed the second of two free throws, that one where he drew the foul. Right. And then Connaughton missed that second free throw, and that's three points right there, man. They lost by two. Right. You know, I mean, I know you can't say you're going to hit 100% of your free throws, but it sucks. You can't miss ones at the end of the game. That's yeah, a, that's, that's when you got to make them. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be a team like that, that's what you have to do, man. Yeah, they they played well enough to win. They did, but they just they you know that's it yeah. sucks. You know they could have won. Kentucky didn't didn't win that game. I'd say Notre Dame lost that game. Yeah, uh, I mean it did also suck. It didn't end on a last second shot or anything. It ended basically on two free two free throws. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the game went shot wasn't something awesome it was two free throws right which right. is kind of lame but they brought it down and i that was a a decent enough look on that last shot got I mean, look yeah he was yeah. at least on on target with three guys in his face i mean what is he older than jeremy yeah he's a senior okay and what jeremy left as a junior right yeah but i think jerry and got a year back or something because you remember he was like suspended for a year Oh, really? No. Grant didn't play all last year because of academics or something like that. Oh, okay. Okay. I think he's a year older than Jeremy. Got it. Yeah. So they did show. He was at the game. Yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. He's wearing. um, He's wearing a. Notre Dame jersey, right? Notre Dame jersey, yes. Although prominently, I don't know behind whose bench he was, there was some guy sitting there wearing a Syracuse jersey. (laughs) Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. At one point in the game, I was like, oh, look, it's a guy wearing a Syracuse jersey. <laughs> he wearing an orange Syracuse jersey. I was like, sweet. <laughs> Classic. Classic. Well, then on that note, man, 
Um, with apologies to Girk's brother. We'll see you guys next week. Good night, Fredo.